thrills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Welcome back, listeners, to another exciting episode of Bills and Beers, the Buffalo Bills podcast, brought to you by the Buffalo Bills backers of Chicago. Uh, and we're especially a special type of podcast today because the inmates have taken control of the asylum. <laughs> That's right. There's no Lars to tell us what to do, to tell us we're wrong, to give us all the information that we actually need to make a successful podcast. No, that's right. Right here from Park Ridge, Illinois, is the president of the Bills Backers of Chicago. That's me, Sujit. That's right. I'm saying my name first, even though Lars always goes last. And coming at you from Austin, Texas, where they got coronavirus out the wazoo, Jam and Jeff Day. This is a big uh, moment. I, I almost feel like this is like an audition for, for maybe the next stage of Suja's career. Yeah, it's never, never going to happen. Uh, and also the last surviving Bills backer of Chicago that sits with me, standing up there, the last person in Chicago, Illinois, Miss Cassie Hutton. They're potentially going to raise our uh, taxes more. So, guys, I may be shortly behind all of you getting out of this city. Come on down. I don't know about this fair tax that they're coming and talking about here in Cook County. I don't know about no fairness to it. But uh, anyways, so quite an interesting Buffalo Bills win. And it was a win despite what you were going to hear on social media and throughout Bills Nation this week. Uh, it wasn't a pretty win, but you know what? We've spent a lot of time complaining about pretty wins, pretty losses, all those other things. But at the end of the day, they do not count pretty wins. They do not count pretty losses. They just count wins, and they just count losses. Uh, and today was finally not another loss for these Buffalo Bills. Uh, but let's be honest, it was not all pretty. Um, you know, and so... Let's just move right to it, because I have nothing else to say, because I don't know how to do this shit. Uh, <laughs> uh, in fact, at some point, Jeff, we should just have your mom host this thing, because I feel like it would be way more, way better. Uh, but anyways, it wasn't all pretty. In fact, a lot of it was really distinctly ugly. Um, so come to you first, Jeff. Who is your Jenny Cream Ale bummer of today's contest? I mean, it was, uh, first of all, Suge, great. Fantastic job so far. Yeah, you're really I'm pretty proud of myself, I swear to God. Like, I've never been prouder of myself. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it, too, at, at the beginning, that you not only were um, trying to replicate, you know, the words that Lars says, but I, th- it's not, like you were trying to sound like him. Too, I was trying right? to do the Lars voice. I was trying to yeah, do the Lars, Lars voice. voice. Beautiful yeah. voice that that man has. Uh, tale of two halves today. I, I look forward to getting into some of the positives as well. But, um, you know, in terms of... Uh, Genesee, Genesee, cream ale, bummer of today's contest. I, I, it, I'm gonna get maybe get tired of saying this guy's name, but um, I, I can't, I can't help but just call out the same player um, repeatedly, which is AJ Klein um, in this instance. I mean, and, and specifically, what I wanted to comment on for this week is um, two things. One. It was today was a great example of being able to see the difference between Milano and Klein in the game because they brought in Milano on all third downs and then on the last drive of the game they they let Milano play the full series he played on first down and he got the sack um, but specific to Klein and this is a little bit of an indictment this goes to this is like a Klein slash Bean 
Genesee Cream Ale? Because we are paying AJ Klein $6 million For what? a year. And if, if, he, if we brought him in and he was a $2 million player, I think you could sort of understand this level of play. But the confusing part is that we gave this man a three-year, $18 million contract in the offseason. And when you see him out there, he looks like a million-dollar player, not a $6 million player. So, you know, just another game of A.J. Klein not making plays, which is why he gets my Genesee Cream Ale. And I'm going to give a little bit of a, an added nom here just to Bean, who, who on the whole makes very good deals. But this one seems to be a miss in terms of the offseason valuation of what he's getting paid. I you know I would agree with that Jeff and I think that one of the interesting things is the idea that when he hits he hits well you know like he gets Trey White for a reasonable deal signed long term um and you know he gets Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde here for reasonable deals but when he misses um it's not that he misses big it's not a 7 year contract yeah. you know 200 million he doesn't go for those big splashy contracts but they're significant contracts I mean none more evident than Quentin Spain. I, I don't know if we'll ever hear yeah. about the story behind Quentin Spain because they extended him. So definitely there was something going on there. Um, but, you know, it's AJ Klein or it's even um, who's the, the receiver, Kelvin Benjamin, right? Not yeah. no money whatsoever. You know, it's always, I mean, I think that he plays with the money like Monopoly money. It doesn't really matter as long as I'm underneath the cap and I can still do what I need to do. Now, if I'm cool, I'm like, hey, bro, that's, that's my like 7 million that you're just wasting. But, you know, operating within the cap, I think that that's the one thing that he's able to do. He has not yet gotten himself into enough misses where it screwed up his cap game. Um, right. But... It's still a roster spot, right? And I think that's the bigger problem, right? It's still a roster spot, and we have a paucity of linebackers. Um, and the one linebacker that seemed to be doing something good for us, Dodson, as a backup, is now in trouble. Yeah. Um, Cassie, anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I think it's not just A.J. Klein, right? It's this year. It's the people they've brought in this year that really are not being impactful players, right? Quinton Jefferson, Mario Addison. Damn it, why does this... Cassie having technical difficulties. It's I nice know. to hear her, but now she's brought all of her friends along with her, apparently. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What the heck? Okay, sorry about that. Uh, wait, but I can't. I got to make sure I'm not muted. I'm Jenny, not muted. Yeah, Jenny Criminal Bummer is the me. porn that's playing on Cassie's computer right now. Yeah. No, it's um, it's he's just had a lot of this year, a lot of yeah. players that we've brought in that just aren't making impacts. Vernon Butler, Mario Addison, like they're just... I would expect one, maybe two to be able to show up, and that's the problem. None of them are, and they're all looking like busts, and this is a year that we can't afford for that to happen. So um, draft class-wise, I mean, we shouldn't talk dwell on this too much. So who's been impactful from our this year's draft class? I'm just wondering, like, he did so great when he first got here, and he did great with some of the free agency acquisitions afterwards. Um, but this year, you know, what what has he done for us this year? Is there anyone that he's brought in from the draft, or can you guys think? This is when we need Lars to actually remember who was drafted <laughs> this year, but... Let's see. I mean, second, you know, the first pick that we had, which was, which was in the second round, was A.J. Epinesa who, by all accounts, does seem to be improving week over week. You know, I mean, he went from week one not even dressing to at least he's starting to make a few plays. Uh, obviously still underwhelming for the 40th pick in the draft. Uh, Zach Moss was our third-round pick. 
You know, he had but, his best game today, but yeah, still but looks... I, I just, I still question the Zach Moss because him and Singletary are just such similar runners. And we are seeing an issue with our running game because there's no differentiation, right? It's the same thing over and over again. We don't have this like one-two attack. And, and yeah, that's, I, I still question the Moss pick. I don't think that they're similar in their um, strengths. I think they're similar in their weaknesses, and that neither of them can uh, break long term. Now, of course, let's not forget the one major thing that Bean did that made us a totally different offense, and that's Stephon Diggs, right? right. Like we're we're skipping the first round pick, which is obviously a, an amazing, amazing, amazing accomplishment. Especially, you know, he didn't overpay, didn't sell the bank for it. Um, so, anyways, listen, this was a, a sort. Of Cassie, we still have not heard your miserable, dirty, Jenny Cremel bummer of the week. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the, the person playing next to who uh, Jeff yeah. mentioned was Tremaine yeah. Edmonds. And for two reasons, right? He still looks massively confused out there. Like, just doesn't know what's going on. It, it, is. I just I don't know if if it's overwhelming for him, if it just hasn't slowed down for him. The fact that he's been called out and he's not playing well, if it's like he feels the pressure, I don't know what's up with that. But number two, two balls hit him in the hands today. Like legitimately, not Jerry Hughes in the hands. I mean, that was... That was yeah. literally in the hands. But Tremaine Edmonds had two balls that, that are that would have been good plays, but would have been plays that he should make. And those are both he he didn't do it on either of those occasions. And those are things that can flip the game and turn the game and really help a player out. And so I, I don't know what's up with him. I, I don't know, you know, is it his head's not in it? Is he still, you know, a little bit hurt because we know he got hurt earlier on. Is he missing his body, Milano, uh, buddy Milano? Like I don't know what's going on, but you know when a player gets called out this past week of saying, "Hey, he's really not playing up to standard." This is not the comeback game that I expect. Right? I expect a player to actually come back, make the plays, you know, really try to perform. And I just I don't think he did it today, and he had the chances. Yeah, and I think that we what we're seeing this year and kind of a theme for our Jenny Cremel bummers, the reason that we give a crap and that we're upset about Tremaine Edmonds is that he's showed so much promise in the previous years, mm-hmm. right? And I think what we're seeing this year is players that looked really good and really promising that benefited from the players around them. So Ed Oliver... Tremaine Edmonds, Levi Wallace, you know, when the players around them, when Trey goes down, Levi Wallace is exposed. Um, you know, and again, he's like probably the best cornerback. I still maintain that he's their best, best second cornerback. Um, but Ed Oliver, without Star Latule there, is, you know, kind of neutralized. And with without Milano and without Star Latule, Tremaine Edmonds is neutralized. And Cassie, to bring up your point, the comp that we've always talked about with who we wanted him to be was Brian Urlacher, right? Fast, big, can move from side to side of the field. But the thing is, is that you don't miss those plays, right? We're all talking about, oh, why isn't the defense getting turnovers? Why isn't the defense getting turnovers? There's at least two or three times a game that we say, oh, God, it was right in his hands. You watch the Chicago Bears 
they don't drop it three times. They might drop it once, but they don't drop it three times. And so it's not that the scheme, again, this year more than ever, it's not the scheme that's failing us. It's individual players. And that's, I think, when we what we're hearing from the coaches is execution, believing in the scheme, believing in the process. Um, so I am going to give my Jenny Cremel bummer to uh, none other than the person that also won us the game, who was Bojo. You know, I understand he's a rookie. I understand that he had to kick the ball eight times Wait. today. Bojo or? Yeah. You're... Nope, not Bojo. Nope. Listen, we'll I'm, give you I got a, a lot on my hands right now, okay? Yeah, you're doing great. I got to think about what the next segment is. No, um, uh, Tyler Bass. Tyler, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so Tyler Bass, I know that he's a rookie. I know that um, – give it to Bojo. Who knows? You never know. He might have put the laces out at some point, uh, laces in at some point. But anyway, so Tyler Bass, I know that he's a rookie, um, and I know that he kicked a 52-yard field goal, and that's great, right? He could probably kick one from 57. That's what we saw. But a kicker's game is based on consistency, right? you got to be 80%, 90%, that type of range in order to maintain yourself in the NFL. Um if he makes the two kicks that were makeable kicks, I didn't see the first one that he missed, um, but the second one, you know, these are just makeable kicks that were not outside of the realm of a normal kicker should make that 90 to 95% of the time, right? It should not be missed. He's missing routine kicks. Yeah, he makes a couple of great kicks. We haven't seen anything spectacular. We haven't seen a 57-yarder from him. We haven't seen a 62-yarder from him, which is what he was advertised to be able to do. We saw him miss one last week. And so even though he won the game, you know, by kicking six field goals, which is depressing in and of itself, um, the fact that he's not consistent, I mean, that those those other kicks don't matter because I can hire anyone off the street to kick, you know, the 20 to 45 yard field goal. I will say, though, it's interesting and I I don't disagree with what you're saying, but um, it does seem like (laughs) the uh, the move to call it quits on Hauschka, I think it does seem to be the right one because it's not like how there's a reason that Hauschka is not on an NFL roster right now. There's a reason that the Jaguars brought him back two days ago. Hauschka missed both kicks and they waved him the next day, you know, in a, in a, in the league where everyone is searching for a good kicker outside of Baltimore and outside of, I don't know, right. Five teams. Um, I think the question is always, hey, yeah, sure, Tyler Bass is, you know, he's now, he was six for nine coming into today, so he's now 12 of, you know, whatever that is, 17, you know, whatever that math comes out to. But that's not Um, a good number, right? No, not good. No. I mean, that's barely good for a QB's completion percentage, right? Well, I'm sorry, when he, like, made the last kick and he, like, you know, turned towards the Jets bench, I was like, you dweeb like oh i liked it you oh what he's oh i loved it like i'm like i guess you have a short memory like i guess that's good but like buddy this game should not have even been close if you would have made two makeable field goals and like now you think that this is like a game winner and it's also the jets it's just just everything about it i was like you're just like that that dork in high school i'm sorry that like nobody nobody liked but like thought that they were so cool but really was not yeah he's definitely got a screw loose between the one eye thing you know the one eyeshadow thing and then and then the uh so he said uh, apparently it's like something for a family member was breast cancer awareness he wore an m for college i don't know 
But anyways, listen, let's not dwell on the negative. We've lost enough games in the past three weeks. Uh, and we finally won one, gr- granted, against the hapless Jets. But you know what? The Jets are not going to go 0-17 this year or whatever. Uh, they are going to win games. And thank God it wasn't against us because could it have come at a worse time for us if we were to lose to the hapless Jets? But we didn't. And you look on crazy schedules. You look around the NFL, and there's teams you're like, oh, my God, how are the Jets putting those numbers up on this team? You know, we see it every year. Um, but And in the past, um, we've, we've been the victim of that situation, right? Um, and we've also been around the situation where we're like, oh, we should beat this team, or, oh, man, this very good team. We had them. We had them in our grips, and then we let it slip away. Well, that's what the Jets let uh, happen. That's what the Jets allowed to happen to them today. They played a really good team in these Buffalo Bills. Uh, they had them. They had them in the first half, um, and it was in they. And you know, we let them stick around. They let us stick around. That's what we used to say last year. They let us stick around, and we couldn't actually do it. We forced field goal after field goal after field goal, and we still couldn't win the game. Right? That's what the Jets are saying. That's what we always used to say. But now we're on the opposite side of that coin, and it's really nice to say that. Hey, even though we let them stick around, we were able to close the game out. Um, not to mention the fact that our defense won one. For our offense, uh, which has been a nice thing. So there's a yeah. lot of positive things that happened in this game, those being two general themes. But is there an individual player, Cassie, that coming to you that would stick out? Uh, <laughs> Cassie's excited because she gets to go first. Uh, is there anyone, any single player that would stick out as your Labatt Blue player of today's game? Thank you for letting me go first because I would have been racking my brain for who to choose uh, if you if I would have had to have gone last. Uh, Cole... Beasley, or as the guys in the bar today were like, Beasley, like every time he touched the ball, which was a lot. Every, it was so great, Jeff. Every time they touched the ball, you just heard, Bees. Love it, love it. <laughs> and, 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 you know, that was 11 times today, 112 yards. He didn't get into the end zone, but what I love about him is, dude, he, he showed up to play. He, sure did. like, every single time, and... Two weeks ago, or last week, whatever, when Stefan Diggs was, like, jogging back to the line, whatnot, like, yeah. that is never going to be Cole Beasley, right? He That guy shows up, he plays, he is Mr. Hustle, and he does everything that he can on every single play, and he showed it today, and he's really becoming an outlet, with, of course, with John Brown being out, um, he's really becoming an outlet that... Uh, that Josh is looking for, and, and we need to keep going to him, right? We need to keep going to him. I want to see actually more like opening sl- slant routes, right, where he might have some space to run into. Um, but, I mean, dude, he was just unstoppable today, and I think he's the reason why we won the game because when we needed to move the ball, Cole Beasley was there. Career highs for uh, the Bees in, I think, both receptions and yards, if I was reading that correct. I know for sure re- receptions. I think he had 10 or 11. And I believe he definitely had he he had in a hundred yard game. How many did he have this game? One hundred twelve. Finished with one hundred twelve. Oh wow! Yeah, I think I think that it was as high in yards as well because I think he's had a couple that were just above hundred. Yeah, Cass, I agree with everything you said. And one particular play stands out. I I can't even exactly remember when in the, in the game it was. You probably can, but um, uh, 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 Allen was under center, 
And it must have been like a third and one or a short play or something. And, you know, Allen was under center and then immediately threw that quick slant to Beasley. And it was so it was one of those plays where you say, oh, it just feels like we should run that at least like two to three times a game. And, and part of it is because it, Allen is so rarely under center. You know, they haven't been shotgun all the time. And I thought that was a great example of when he's under center, he's just he's literally four or five yards closer to Beasley when he's making that throw, right? Like he gets it, does like a step back and then throws it. And I would like to see a little bit more of that. Um, and I think Beasley's the right guy. But yeah, he played, uh, I mean, he played his heart out today. Jeff, you bring up a really good point because I think that, you know, one of the things is that when Allen starts to play, you know, backyard ball, sometimes he loses all of those fundamentals that he worked really, yeah. really hard on during the offseason, right? Last year was all about getting him able to throw those, the short to intermediate throws. Um, and then he put back his mechanics so that he could throw the deep ball and trust his receivers. But, you know, those, those two-step drops and throw, they're all timing, Right. So he does not have the ability to do anything other than the mechanics that he was taught to do. Right. There's no option otherwise. Uh, so if it's open, he does that. And if it, if not, he either throws a ball away or whatever. Um, but so I think that 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 does remove the element of Josh having bad footwork. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that play that he practices is all about. One step, two step, throw. One step, two step, throw. And God, we've seen Tom Brady destroy us with that play over and over and over again. It sure would be nice to be able to do that. Well, and I, I think you bring up an interesting thing of, of the quick timing, right? Because a lot of Allen's plays are those longer, more drawn out, right? Is he handing it off? Is he keeping it? It's just like kind of feels a little slower, a little bit mm-hmm. monotonous. And if we can get some of those kind of like quick plays in, I feel like that has the ability to kind of open up a little bit of the offense, right? Or a little bit of the defense so that we have more of that space so that they have to kind of stay true to that. And they can't get into this rhythm, which is I think what the defenses have been doing over the last couple games is getting into this rhythm with our offense and knowing like, hey, I got to got to keep everything in front of me. We've got these long balls. This is how Josh Allen plays. But if you you know, mix up the timing that really keeps the defense honest. So good point there on on the timing perspective. And I don't know how it works with, you know, I'm certainly never schemed for football, but you know, our run game isn't going that well. Right. But if we start doing quick, slants and things like that where the linebackers do have to back off a little because they have to yeah. cover the the receiver does that open things up for the run game a little bit because um, they can still drop back a bunch of people but if there's a soft space in the defense and I suspect that that there is and that's why Beasley's been so su- su- successful is finding that space between the linebackers and the corners or the DBs um, that there's a there's an empty space there and that those guys are crowding the line a little bit or you know so if we can get that open space it's going to cause the linebackers to back off, and it should be a reason that we uh, are able to uh, run the ball more effectively. But coming to you, Jeff, uh, who is your Labatt Blue MVP of today's game? All right, well, we, we talked about the 2020 draft class or earlier, and so um, I'm going to give mine to, this, to our seventh-round pick of that 2020 draft class, which is uh, Dane Jackson, defensive back out of Pittsburgh, who comes in today for his first NFL start. And all he does is provide a great pass breakup, you know, in the end zone or near the end zone in the first or second quarter. And then with, you know, perhaps the most pivotal, pivotal sort of play of the game, which was what happened in the last 60 seconds of the, of the first half. And he comes up with a big pick um, 
at, at you know the 30 or 40 yard line we're able to then convert that into three points going into half you know so we were on the precipice of going down 13-3 at half and instead it was 10-6 and so I got to give it to the kid uh Dane Jackson um you know he's been on the practice squad <laughs> is he any good hard to know with Sam seeing ghost Darnold um you know th- throwing the ball out there and you know by the way he might be our uh <laughs> he could be someone's Labatbu player of today's contest, by the way, too. Um, but no, Dane Jackson, rookie. Props to the kid. Always fun to see a new a newcomer get a get a pick. Hey, who's Jeff? the guy that knocked? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Cass. Oh, I was just say, Jeff. I'm very disappointed with you because I was really hoping it was going to be Tyler Croft, and you would have to come out on record on the oh. podcast in welcoming a new child, and that actually being a benefit to the Bills. Can we get a? Can I get a bonus one after Suge goes? To, to yeah, yeah, yeah. That. You you're, you're going to go back. We definitely are met, met, uh, mentioning yeah. Grace Croft for the yes. ability to have a, a, t- a tight end play together. And poor Reggie Gilliam. Everyone's like, like, he's like, I'm a tight end too. He's like, no man, you're a fullback. Okay, no one's no one's recognizing that. Um, so I'm giving my uh, uh, Jeff. I did want to say one thing. Who was the guy who knocked Brett Favre's career out? The do you remember Rambo something? Bakari oh. Rambo. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think that's right. From our right, team, yeah, Rambo, wasn't there like yeah. a season where Bakari Rambo just played out of his mind? He yes. like knocked Brett yeah. Favre out. He got like three interceptions, and then nobody heard from him again. Like as far as we know, he's living underneath a bridge somewhere in like middle whatever Pennsylvania. Um, like he's like robbing people. I don't know Bakari Rambo. So I here is to hoping that Dane Jackson is not Bakari Rambo. Um, I do realize that. Um, couple things have happened one i moved away from my microphone so lars is going to get mad at me because my voice is too quiet two um we have not paused this segment at all we have not clinked i'm not sure if we're supposed to i don't know the rules but all i know is that jerry hughes is my labat blue mvp of today's game man cassie thought she was finally done she thought she was finally done we all agreed oh jerry over pursue hughes you hot mess why do you always have to cut in and then lose contain and do all these bad things and then suddenly suddenly today cassie had to see it too i pointed out and she's like damn it damn it he rushed in stopped saw sam Darnold rolling out stopped his pass rush and just started chasing him and as he's chasing him he throws up his hand to block his passing windows and completely screws up the play he did not over pursue and then later just a couple plays later there's a strip sack of Sam Darnold. Now, we didn't get the ball, but the ball came yeah. out, and it was a strip sack. And it was not just, I hit the guy and he dropped the ball. He hit the guy and knocked the ball out. Only, only to be followed by a batted ball. And somebody, I mean, we'll say, we just sat here saying Edmonds has no awareness of where the ball is. But Jerry Hughes sure did. When that ball came tumbling down, he found it in the air, and he didn't go and grab it. It fell into his hands. But still, it hit Edsman's hands too, okay? Like, when our wide receivers are dropping balls that hit their hands, we got to give credit when Jerry Hughes catches a ball and, you know, really changed the entire the the entire scope of the the end of the game so yes it is nice to see jerry back i hope it's the beginning of new things to come um and you know i do want to talk a little bit in the uh, moving forward about is this is this a sign of a turnaround or is this just us being 
good against a really crappy team. But for now, it was a win. We did real good. And I we do need to have a special moment for the beautiful, the lovely Grace Croft. Jeff, take it away. I was going to say, I mean, even before we get to Grace, I mean, I just wanted to see if Cassie – you know, wanted to say anything to Jerry, to the Hughes family. Um, you know, just, just, I just want to leave a, leave a space here, leave a moment to see if Cassie wanted to say anything. I mean, I will say Sujit's breakdown on his play was 100% correct. But as a veteran football player, let's just remark that that's probably how he should be playing like every play. So just, just putting it out there. It, what, he did have a good game. But I am, I am still, I'm, I'm not on that bandwagon. Sorry, guys. Cassie, Cassie, sticking to her guns. Uh, but speaking of acknowledgement, you know, back, back to the lovely Grace Croft. Congratulations. You know, I've been on record for as long as this pod has existed that the thing that fears me most, the thing that I am most concerned about in the off season, in the regular season, it's not injury, it's not player regression, it's not hero ball. It is when the wife or girlfriend has a child, the newborn effect. Okay, well, okay, very... the, the the couple has a child. Okay, come on now. Okay, sorry for the yeah for the you know the semantics. Yes, when the couple has the child, and because there's I there's get... plenty of NFL players that have illegitimate children and their game is unaffected. Okay, <laughs> it's when they're actually with the woman and they have a family child. It's when the man has a child. With his wife, girlfriend, whatever. That is a great – actually, yeah, Suj, I appreciate Travis that. Henry's <laughs> game never slipped, okay? <laughs> what was Travis Henry up to? 11, I think? 11 with – like 11 uh, Cassie with was counting. Yeah, yeah, it was 11 with 11. But, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been on the record. It always makes me nervous. I feel like the players are going to – their priorities change. They, maybe they lose the killer instinct. They're tired, of course, as any new parent should be. But here we go. Tyler Croft, his wife is eight, nine months pregnant. I'm getting nervous. Here we go. His play is going to regress. And lo and behold, the fact that he was at the hospital uh, attending his child's birth, which, you know, should have he been there? Should have he been practicing? You know, debatable. (laughs) Um, But the the fact that he was there, the fact that this newborn was about to screw up Croft's play is... What let him stay COVID-19 free. And while all of our other tight ends, uh, and because Gilliam is not considered a tight end, (laughs) had to sit out today's contest, Tyler Croft was eligible to play because he was having a newborn, because he and Grace were having this newborn. So my hat's off to them. Uh, Thank you, Tyler, for being committed to your wife, I guess, to go to the hospital. Um, and so uh, we very much appreciate that, and, and I acknowledge it. And he, and he had himself a nice little game today right on top of it. Reverse the curse. Yeah, that's good stuff. All right. Um, again, I don't know what the hell we're doing here. I think I'm supposed to clink a glass around this point. I think that it's time to move on to a different segment. Uh, so that's what we're going to do. Uh, so guys, I don't know what we're supposed to say. I don't know. Is wild card coming up next? God only knows. So all you listeners out there, there's going to be a segment coming up. We don't know what it is, but that's the mystery. That's why the asylum's got the fucking prison.
Well, we're back here and we're talking about money. I don't know what the name of this segment is, but it's Bitch Better Have My Money, okay? <laughs> because when you bet, you better get your money right, all right? A bookie going to come up and break your legs. Oh, that's what the name of the segment is. It's called Break Your Legs. Because <laughs> if you don't have that money, Lars going to come. Just for all you listeners to know, Lars is officially our bookie. Like, rather than Lars allowing us to each, like, build our own, like, betting app, right? Like, he's like, no, just send me the money, right? Just send me the money, and I will maintain the books. I will do everything. We just as easily could have downloaded the app ourselves and made the bets ourselves, but Lars did not allow that. We all think that we might be in some way enslaved by Lars, um, <laughs> but but all we do know, and there's no doubt about this, is that Lars is our bookie, and we're all concerned that at some point, if we lose too many things, there's just going to be Lars standing outside our house with like a baseball bat, like, where's my money? <laughs> Bitch, better have my money or I'll break your legs. So here's hoping that Lars doesn't break our legs. This week, we won big. We won real big. And all you Bills fans that said the Bills are going to cover the spread, all of y'all that are on that morning radio show this morning, what is it, Good Morning Bills or Wake Up With The Bills or whatever, you, my God, what a horrible show, by the way. Those guys are the biggest homers in the world. I mean, they're just like, there's nothing. And you know what the greatest thing about the whole thing is that they were like, start every Bills player. The Jets are horrible. We're going to be able to score whenever we want to. Our defense, they're not going to be able to do anything against our defense. And we're just going to destroy them in every aspect of the game. And they said, you know what? The one thing, the only Bill that I will not start is Tyler Bass. (laughs) It's Tyler Bass. Bass. That's who they decided to single out. I was like, wow, could you have been any wronger? Your show should be pulled. Anyways, but there's a lot of Bills fans that were overconfident with this game, and I I was not. Jeff, halfway through the season, uh, halfway through the week, said, shouldn't be nervous about this game, but I am, as we saw all the injuries and all those other things. Um, But... In our very meek and shameless form, we were all in. We were all in on the Bills money line that I think Lars said was like minus seven hundred and eleven. So we, we all bought bet- it at its we bought it at its at its worst peak too. Yeah, yeah. Like, we yeah. bought it at the high. Should have bought low. right. And so, uh, so we all bet forty dollars, and we all made five. <laughs> So for this week, Lars can't break our legs because uh, we're in the positive. So next week we go to New England. New England, who just got clubbed up by the San Francisco 49ers. Um, New England with Cam Newton, who's probably still recovering from the ill effects of COVID, uh, and Stefan Gilmore, who hopefully is going to die of late-stage jaundice, like often many patients with COVID do. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. Stefan Gilmore, I, I, I wish you the best. Um, but uh, anyways, um, we are coming on to uh, New England, and the current line is minus 4.5. We don't have any good player bets, and frankly – our bookie's not going to allow us to make a bet until he approves it anyways, let's be honest. So you can just bet whatever you want to. And we're going to talk about it, and we're going to say, hey, if that player line comes up, like Josh Allen throws six touchdowns or this person scores a touchdown, we can parlay. We can do whatever we want to. It's our imagination. We won't know the money line. So if you, know you have a bet, Cassie, what do you want? Here's, here's what I'm going to bet. So what was it? Three weeks ago, we all had a Gabe Davis bet. 
And it was called back for yes. illegal formation. Yeah. And what happened this week? I rode that train this week on my individual oh. account. Did and you again, really? Yes. And again, what happens? <laughs> Freaking touchdown pulled off the board for illegal formation. It's like that dude is cursed. But you know what I'm going to do next week? Like, I got to put it on again, right? Because, like, oh, they, yeah. he's he's going to get it at some point, right? I mean, I'll, I'll probably have lost, like, $60 by that point. But, like, you know, the odds have got to be so good. But, God, the, I feel bad for him, right? He can't score a touchdown. And then every single time it gets called off by some stupid-ass penalty. But, but this week it was him that yeah. was not lined up correctly, right? So, I mean... I'm with you, Cassie. If you want to parlay that and a, a Bills win, I'm I, I'm in on that. Here's Jeff, what you I got like. Anything good? Well, I love that. I, it's funny that as soon as you said that, Cass, that's exactly where my head was at too. Because I think he's typically getting you know plus three hundred ish, plus three fifty to yeah. score a touchdown. Two eighty today. Um, okay, so the odds have come down a little bit. Um, yeah, unbelievable. Two touchdowns called back on like formation uh, penalties. So if you want an interesting parlay, if we like this Gabe Davis uh, TD, which it's a fun one to root for, too, um, you can get right now Bills to win by anywhere between 1 and 13 points at plus 135, right? So if you think the Bills are going to win and we're not going to blow out the Patriots, you can parlay the plus 135 Bills winning by up to 13 points with Gabe Davis scoring a touchdown. My guess is that's going to pay out something like six to one, seven to one. So, you know, probably a $20 bet there pays 120 bucks. I, you know, we'll have to look at what it says, but um, I like that. I like that bet right there. I like that. I like bills one to 13 and um, cause we're definitely not beating them by more than 13 unless no, this offense on. wakes up and Hey, if it does, I'm okay. Losing that 20 bucks. Right. Right. If we beat the Patriots by more than 14 points, by more than 13 points, hey, that, that's a good day in Bill's Nation. The, the $20 would be the last thing. I mean, that, that would mean, Suge, that we are 6 and 2. That would mean the Patriots are 2 and 5. That's what and that we would are, mean. And we are 4 and 0 oh in the division. I mean, $20. Set I'll it pay $100 for that. Right? <laughs> We're all in. <laughs> The problem is we can't go all in. I cannot go all in on a fucking Gabe Davis touchdown that's going to get called back on a legal formation by Gabe Davis, okay? Like, you know it's going to happen again. I like it. The over-under of the game is 44, uh, which I think is a little bit lower than – Yeah. Um, so, so you know, you got to – I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know what to think about that. Um, but uh, that's what the over-under currently set at. When was the last time the Bills were favored over the Patriots, guys? I mean, yeah, right. Well, I no, think that's a that's a that's an amazing thing. Maybe one of those games where Brady was injured or sat, didn't you know, right. only played a half because it was the end of the season. They'd already clinched the division, and we were a bottom feeder. So now, who knows what will happen with the Patriots? But I must say, today's combo of the Bills' twelve o'clock early game victory, followed by the trouncing of the Patriots. Was I mean, can you ask for a better Sunday six-hour stretch where the Bills have sole first place of the division and the Patriots are two and four? Well, 
Jeff, the best part about it was I was able to take a nap during the third quarter because it was like such a blowout. I was like, oh, I can I can rest my eyes right now because mm. I, I, you know, I can have a moment here. So I love where's it. Where's Miami right now? Where's Miami right now, by the way? Three and three. Um, I don't know if they may be on by this week or uh, yeah, they're on by this week. So they're three and three. And then, you know, the interesting thing about the Dolphins, you know, is that they decided to start Tua. Um, yeah. And so who knows what that I mean? Brian Fitzpatrick has been playing great ball this year. And so we've all said, and guess we haven't seen Tua play. But if you said, do you want to play a Dolphins team next week with Fitzpatrick or Tua? I'll take Tua every day and twice on Sunday right now. Fitzpatrick scares yeah. the hell out of me. Oh, Lars is so mad at you right now. <laughs> oh, my God. Somewhere, Lars just got, like, straight up a hemorrhoid just popped out in Lars's ass, and he has no idea why. He's like, something just happened. Oh, something good. just happened. Um, I'm not going to be afraid of Ryan fucking Fitzpatrick. Are you fucking kidding me? Ryan fucking Fitzpatrick? Ryan fucking Fitzpatrick? Yeah, okay, fine. Maybe once in a while he will have a blame where he plays out of his mind. But it's Ryan fucking Fitzpatrick. Okay? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Sorry that's my great. best, Lars. That's all I got. That's all I got. <laughs> but you know that somewhere Lars is so mad and just started screaming Ryan Fitzpatrick and for, has no idea why. But, you know, I I don't agree with you, mostly because I'm afraid that the bookie is going to break my legs. Um, but uh, I I don't know. I don't love the wild card of Tua. I don't know that we played a truly mobile quarterback this year. Um but uh, but anyways, but he's a he's a rookie going yeah. against up against a very um, um, a very advanced uh, defensive coordinator. So let's see. Um, take it from here. All right. Well, Sorry. My wife. Are we are we into the wild card? Yeah. 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 No, my wife just turned her, uh, came downstairs and told me to shut the F up. Um, <laughs> she's like, I thought I you said this was going to be 15 minutes tonight. No, yeah. Yeah. Your wife, your wife just came downstairs to make sure Lars wasn't in the house. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I don't think I was that loud. I probably was. I probably was. The sound quality will, will tell. Um, anyways, well, we got wild card coming up here. We got our bet. We are going with da- Gabe Davis with a touchdown and New England Patriots losing by 1 to 13 points over these Buffalo Bills. So everybody better get your money together because otherwise this man going to break your legs. <laughs> All right, welcome back, listeners. You know, this is the Bills and Beers podcast. We talk about the Bills, but we do so drinking beer. Um, I, unfortunately, was not drinking beer, and Cassie will attest to the fact that I did not have a single beer all game, and that's all we're going to talk about now. Um, But there was a beer that was in my fridge um, as I was getting home today that I thought was uh, Epipro. Um, It's called Expanding Symmetry. Expanding Symmetry. So what does that mean? It's an interesting thing. It's from St. Errant Brewery, which is here in uh, Chicago, Ravenswood. I think they're actually Evanston. But anyways, so in Ravenswood. Um, 
an amazing, amazing brewery. Really high quality work. If you like an IPA, which you know, we all know Jeff is really big into IPAs now. So St. Aaron Brewery, if you get a chance, and they, they rotate their beers like every week. It's a new one coming out every time. But what I thought about ex- expanding symmetry, I thought that more and more we're finally seeing in, uh, what, five games out of seven, one side of this team take care of the other side of this mm. team. We're building symmetry. We're building a team where when the offense has a bad day, the defense can step up. When the defense has a bad day, the offense can step up. Now, granted, it's been the latter more than the former for most of these games, and there are some days that it just wasn't either. Um, but the reason we're 5-2 and two is because the first time one side of the ball can help out the other side of the ball. Um, and, and more importantly, that's happened a lot, right? The defense has helped out the offense a lot over the past decade, but it didn't end up in wins. Now it's ending up in wins. Uh, so I do see, and then today we're seeing our defense help out our offense. And so I think that there is an expanding symmetry where we are becoming a more complete team. And one of the things I thought at the beginning of the season is that in order to beat us, a team needs to have a good offense and it needs to have a good defense. And when we mature as a team, remember, we are still a young team. We crawled our way, not crawled, but we got into the playoffs not as a, you know, one of the greatest teams in the league. But we made the playoffs legit as opposed to crawling into it the year, you know, the previous time we made the playoffs. Um, but this year, I expect us to, you know, break the door down. And we won't, might not be the best team, but we'll win our division, hopefully. Um, and so I just feel like as we grow as a team, as we become a more complete team we will be a team that the only way you can beat us is you have to have a great defense and you have to have a great offense and that's the team that wins the super bowl so until we meet that team i feel like at the end of the season when we get our legs underneath us with the new players with all the covid things that um that's the team that we're growing into and so that's what i'm hoping for so that's why i'm hoping that we are expanding our own symmetry that was quite the um Correlation. All that from yeah. a beer that I have not drank. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'll I'll make mine brief. I um, it, I I the beer I wanted to highlight today is a is a hazy IPA uh, out of a local Austin brewery called Electric Jellyfish. And and the reason the reason I'm highlighting that beer is because um, my wife um, opened it up and started drinking, and I said, Hey, let me have a sip of that. Oh no! And I took one sip of that hazy IPA, and I, and I, after I coughed, I said, "And this is why I drink Miller Lite." <laughs> and then and, Miller's like, Jeff said, "It's Miller time." And so, hey, I, you know, I'm trying to give those IPAs a chance, and you know, they they're just not for me. But uh, Electric Jellyfish, hey, I'm sure you're good. I'm sure you're a good uh, hazy IPA for someone that likes just- you. Does Teresa like the IPAs? We're not a huge IPA household, but uh, you know she she's uh, she'll drink the occasional IPA. So so your wife drinks more manly beers than you. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Good. Mm-hmm. Cassie, what are you drinking down there in Chi Town? And that's why do taste habits of a beer have to be genderized, right? Why does it have to be Ooh. manly or feminine, right? Like Cancel. why can't just people enjoy? The beer that they enjoy. No, there's plenty of girls that drink way more hardcore beers than I do. I like let's that that I'm just saying things 
because we're in the middle of a pandemic and that's the just the culture that we have right now. I'm a victim of my society, Cassie, and <laughs> I would appreciate if everyone just understood that this is not my fault, right? Because in this society, we don't blame anything on ourselves. We blame it on the media. We blame it on everything else. Okay, sorry. Well, I'm blaming you. Uh, no, I... Uh, <laughs> well deserved. <laughs> I'm sticking with... Uh, I was Labatt Blue all day today. Blue light in the bottles. Delicious, cool, refreshing. Came out with the win. I stayed classic. Perfect. So, no complaints It's a beautiful here. thing. It's a beautiful thing, that Labatt Blue. Um, I did pick up some Labatt Blue when I came back from Rochester because I know that the Labatt Blue you get in Chicago tastes like absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, we're coming up here on the wild card segment. Um, I don't know if there was something we're supposed to do in between, but it's uh, you know, wild, wild card. <laughs> oh, you guys, good, good for you guys. That's awesome. I had no, I couldn't remember. It's sad. Um, anyways, uh, should we do that again, or are we happy with it? I kind of like the way it was disorganized. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah good. Um, so. Here we are. We don't know what we're doing. We're we're trying to run the ship. Literally, the inmates inmates have taken over the asylum. So the question is: It's a prison break. It's a hot mess. It's Lord of the Rings. It's all of no, not Lord of the Rings. What's the one where all the boys are on the island and they're like Lord of the Flies? Lord of the Flies, not Lord of the Rings. There is no like weird, you know. Hobbit or whatever. Um, But anyways, I didn't read as a child. Um, So it's a complete shit show, right? So let's imagine you're in that situation, right? You're in an insane asylum or you're in San Quentin. You're in Alcatraz and there's a prison break. Which Buffalo Bills player do you want along your side and why? Maybe they protect you. Maybe they keep it all kind of funny, right? Maybe they're just so effing crazy that no one will mess with you right it could be about protection it could be about hey who's gonna help me get out of here um you know who's gonna be who's gonna be invisible and therefore if i'm next to them they won't see me escaping so jeff come to you if you got an idea who is going to be your asylum inmate partner and and i'm going to take this one sort of on the nose in terms of uh just who, who do i want to help fight through the chaos who do I think can help me escape? And, and I think there is one player on this team who he has not dressed for the past few games. Um, but he would be the man that I want by my side in a prison break. And I think when I say his name, you'll, you'll agree, which is number 85, the tight end, Lee Smith. <laughs> oh, my God. For so many reasons, that's right. <laughs> I mean, Lee Smith is the obvious choice here. He's, 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 he's out of his mind. He's huge. I mean, he, he, he loves to fight. And I think that for a guy like me who's not particularly big, he would, take, he would consider himself my protector. And he would, he would go down swinging on my behalf. That seems like the kind of guy Lee Smith is. And so I'll take Lee Smith into the prison break. And, you know, uh, the uh, um, what's the guy who runs the prison called? The, the warden? sheriff? The warden. The, uh, warden Lars. <laughs> Um, warden Lars. <laughs> yes, Warden. All right. We got snacks and we got Warden. That's my answer. I love it. And the, the thing that's great about all of that is that when you guys all get busted, right, 
he's going to be great in front of the camera because he's so well spoken. Mm. This crazy son of a bitch is going to get a TV contract at some point. You guys realize that, oh, right? Yeah. Like he is so well spoken. He's like really eloquent. So, anyways, I love Lee Smith for his crazy ass. And the thing is that Lee Smith belongs both in a jail as well as an insane asylum. So it's beautiful. <laughs> Cassie, coming to you. Who is your jailbreak asylum buddy? All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna set the stage of my breakout right. Let's go wild, wild west, 1860s. Wow. We're with, you know. Oh, I, yep. Billy the Kid. We're with, you know, some of these real Doc Holliday, these real meanies, right? (laughs) And if you're breaking out in the Old West, that's right, Jeff, you need transportation. (laughs) And who am I going with? Who's going to be. Who am I going to be riding bareback on that horse that we stole? I'm going Ed Oliver. He's going to be, he's going to have the horses pulled up out back. He's going to be like, come on, guys, jump on, let's go. And I'm breaking out of the the hospital. I'm breaking out of the jail, jumping on my horse, and we're riding off. Yeehaw. Oh, my God. That is great. Great That is so amazing. Um, All right, so I'm going to take a different approach, right? I kind of feel like you need the guy Shocking. that's a little bit James Bondish, oh, a little bit strong, mm. a little bit under the radar, a little bit stealth. Huh. Now, there's only one person that is all of those things. There's only one person who's real strong and can break tackles, break through any barrier, could run through a wall if you asked him to, and maybe not without any pads on because he's done it before. There's another guy, right, who is so smooth with his beautiful voice, right, that he could charm his way past the female prison guards. And there's another guy who is just so smooth and so or sorry, so under the radar, right, that nobody just even knows he's there. And his name is Christian Wade. He's got that beautiful British accent. He can just go straight at you like James Bond, right? He's stealth. He knows his way. He can be on a roster for three years, despite the fact that he was vaunted as this amazing person and his only NFL action did nothing but score a touchdown from 50 yards out and then almost score a touchdown from 50 yards out and yet never be seen right right and then he's got the accent he's got and then he's got the strength he could just power through anything like I mean he's got all the qualities he's got all of the James Bond he's strong he's got the accent he's undercover you know, it's just like, I mean, what up, What more do you need? So Christian Wade, and also I just want to see Christian Wade. Yeah. Like, I just miss him. I want to spend some time with him. Like, so so, this is what you wanted when you left rugby? Because you were really good at rugby. Like, and so I know you wanted to play in the NFL, but, like, this is this was your vision? And I, I don't know. I, I kind of want to – is he dead? I don't know. Because here's the thing. We're on a team that has no running game. And at this point, I kind of feel like, hey – Shouldn't all bets be off? We started Brian Cox Jr. on our <laughs> defensive line, and Christian Wade can't just even get a look. Oh, like I, love it. I, I don't understand. So, the, so he's under the he's he's undercover. He's under the radar. He's my man. So it's been a very interesting take control of the asylum inmates 
craziness. Nothing makes sense. The Bills just won, not scoring a touchdown. Tyler Croft missed 30% of his field goal, yet we only won based on field goals. Sam Darnold was picked before Josh Allen, but Sam Darnold looks like he might be on, like, death's door because, God, awful are the Jets. And I still maintain that Sam Darnold is a good quarterback. Uh, just, But, good Lord, that, that, that Jets team is bad. So, we'll take it. Like we said at the beginning, there's no such thing as an ugly win. There's no such thing in, as an ugly loss. And we have literally lost Cassie Hutton we from the podcast. <laughs> so, oh, Jeff, that is her. a sign. That is, it is time to go. Um, so... Here we are. We got the Patriots coming up next, and it is time for these Bills to turn the corner. It is time for these Bills to build to the next level. And we all know more than the playoffs, more than anything else, all we want is to beat these effing Patriots. Mm. So here's to next week, and go Bills. Go Bills. Let's go, Buffalo. Let's go, Buffalo. The Bills make me want to shout.